Hey, welcome to Maison Mission. I'm Kevin, and I'm so glad that you're here today tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, we want you to know that Maison Mission is an inclusive faith community. The word Maison comes from a Greek word that means greater. The Maison Mission is about finding greater spaces for people to hear and experience the good news of Jesus. If you want to learn more about us, check out MaisonMission.com or you can find some links in the description of this program that'll help you get connected. Before I dive into our talk today, I have just a few announcements. Our next in-person Maison Live church service is going to be next Sunday, February 6th at 5 p.m. We're going to be at Cypress and Grove Brewing downtown again. Maison Kids programs will be available. I know that Cypress and Grove has invited another food truck to be there after the service. Um, so uh, stick around after the service, get some food, grab some drinks, and connect with each other. It's going to be a great time. Um, Ash Wednesday is coming up on March 2nd, and we are going to be partnering with Shift Church on an Ash Wednesday service that evening. So save the date, and more details will be coming uh uh, about that soon. All right, today is another house church week. Some of you are together meeting in your house church group right now watching this program. And some of you might be just listening in your car or on a walk, but wherever you are listening to this program, I just want to start by inviting you into a moment of centering prayer. We're going to just take a moment to quiet ourselves. Just right now, we're just going to just going to quiet our hearts. We're just going to breathe. Just take one deep breath. Just let that breathing, that, that quiet breathing, clear our thoughts. It helps us to be mindful of the moment that we're in. As you clear your mind and rest your body, I just want to pray a simple prayer that will hopefully center us in God's presence today. Hmm. Loving God, we pause to rest in you. Quiet our minds that they may be still. Fill our hearts that we may abide in love and trust. Christ, as a light, illuminate and guide us. Christ as a shield, overshadow us. Christ under me, Christ over me, Christ beside me on my left and on my right. God, open our hearts to the silent presence of your Spirit. Lead us into the mysterious silence where your love is revealed to all who call, Come, Lord Jesus. That's good. May the peace of God be upon you and go with you today. All right. The Lord feels close, our minds are clear, and we are aware of God's presence. For those of us who follow 
and observe the church calendar. This is the fourth week after Epiphany, and the scripture today is a continuation of the story in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 that Levi started last week. Um, Today we're picking things up in verse 21. We're going to read from the book of Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 21. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote the proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, Do here in your hometown what we've heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years and there there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed. Only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. (laughs) Um, Last week, we heard uh, the first part of this story about Jesus reading the scroll in the temple. Uh, It was the writings of the prophet Isaiah, which was written some 700 years earlier, and it talked about proclaiming good news for the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, setting the oppressed free, etc. And then here, Jesus is saying those prophecies were being fulfilled by them hearing him read that scroll. The people react in amazement. They're so amazed, they want to know where this message is coming from. Isn't this Joseph's son? You know, culturally, we know at this time in history, there was a lot of weight put on lineage and where a person came from. Jesus is in his hometown, so people are connecting the dots about who Jesus is. And and because this is his hometown, and they already know that Jesus has been performing miracles, they're thinking, we want to see these miraculous things too. Um, Add to this that Jesus has done a lot of miracles so far in Capernaum, which was inhabited primarily by Gentiles. The people of Jesus' hometown of Nazareth were mostly Jewish, and, and probably felt that because Jesus himself was a Jew, that they would basically be receiving even more blessings and prosperity, um, even more miracles. But then Jesus kind of pulls the rug out from under them by retelling them that a prophet isn't welcome in his hometown, and then referencing two Old, uh, t- two Old Testament situations from the book of First and Second Kings. The first comment he makes is about widows in Israel. This is a reference to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. Um, And and this is just a quick sum up. You know, there's a drought and and God sends Elijah to Zarephath to ask a poor widow for water and bread. 
She protests that she has just enough for one loaf for herself and her son, and after that, they would starve. Elijah asks her to obey in faith, promising that she won't run out of food. She obeys and is rewarded. Later on, her son dies, and Elijah prays, and that prayer is successful, that life would be restored. Um, and it's this great story about being faithful to God and God being faithful to us, but there's only one problem with the story, is that the people in Nazareth knew that the widow was a Gentile. So what Jesus is doing here is basically throwing down a sick burn. Um, he follows up that story with another one, and this time it's about lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha. And this story is from 2 Kings chapter 5, and it, it would have been just as familiar to the people and would have burned just as bad as the first story because Naaman was also a Gentile. When Jesus drops Naaman's name, it probably made the crowd furious because Naaman was also a Syrian army commander. And the mention of him would bring to mind the Roman soldiers who now occupy Israel. And so, so I just want to pause here um, and I just want to mention that in terms of what we um, might consider a successful presentation um, of public speaking, uh, Jesus isn't exactly reading the room here. Uh, <laughs> This was more like career suicide. I mean, think about this. Jesus is coming off the road to returning home after beginning his ministry. He was doing miracles and people were hearing all this buzz. And, and so him returning home should have been like a, a victory lap with high fives and champagne. Um, but just from a basic understanding of how to win friends and influence people and urge them towards supporting your cause, what unfolds in this story um, is the opposite of how you're supposed to do it. Uh, he goes in, he basically spells out his mission to free the oppressed, to share the good news of the, with the poor, uh, and the people are amazed and filled with wonder, and then instead of leaning into the applause, Jesus is like, uh, 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 not too fast. This good news isn't just for you. It's also for those you despise as well. In fact, here are two stories that basically call you out for not doing more to help the outcasts, for not realizing that I'm here to do what I've been called to do for the poor. The crowd loses their minds and fury takes over. This angry mob banishes Jesus from the town and they move him towards a high cliff that they plan to push him off of. <laughs> I mean, how quickly the tides have turned. <laughs> We went from amazed to angry mob in just a matter of moments. But, but Jesus escapes. And this is my favorite part because in some translates, translations it says he passed through the crowd and went on his way. I'm assuming this was some kind of miraculous act. I mean, he must have made himself invisible or something because you don't just walk out of an angry mob that's ready to kill you and go on your way. But yet Jesus is like... I don't have time for this, I'm out. And he just waltzes out, it's awesome. Um, the writings aren't very descriptive of how Jesus made this escape, but I'm sure it was clever and amazing. So what do we do with this story? What does this mean about Jesus, about us, about the good news? Jesus challenges everything, everyone. 
If you read the Gospels and you don't feel any kind of conviction or challenge at, at them, I would say that you're probably reading it wrong. Um, these are stories where Jesus, um, he doesn't give the people what they want. And this story is, is the same. He doesn't give the crowd what they want, but instead he makes himself available for the people who need him most. Good news for the poor, freedom for the, for the prisoner, uh, sight for the blind. It's easy for us to place ourselves at the center of the story as the recipient of these good things. But Jesus is always calling us out. We are the ones who need to be asking ourselves, who are the poor? It's not us. Who is it? Who are the imprisoned? It's not me. Who is it? Am I the blind one? Am I the oppressor? What harm might I be causing to those around me, intentionally or unintentionally? And I know that's a hard question to ask and a hard word to receive, but we should all be convicted by the words of Jesus and ask ourselves, have I missed the good news because I've only made the good news about me? How do I bring good news to those who need it most? How do I tell the good news to those I despise the most? Jesus came to proclaim good news of the kingdom of heaven to all people. We also see a beautiful picture of Jesus' inclusivity here and his commitment to make a way to freedom for the oppressed, imprisoned, impoverished, and more. Ethnic barriers are being broken down by Jesus as he shows the people that the Gentiles are just as worthy, if not more worthy, of receiving him. There are so many power structures and religious systems being challenged just in this one little story. Jesus' message is to repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But yet, the people want a Messiah that will come and affirm their dominance and separate them out from everyone else so that they can be superior. It's not that much different than what we see being played out in our world today. Um, denominations in, in our churches or theological camps, they all fight over whose understanding of truth is right and who is wrong, who is more and who is less, um, who should be the rightful recipients of God's blessings or anointings. We also see this in the surge of Christian nationalism that's ravaging the U.S. right now. I mean, this idea that we are somehow favored because we're a self-proclaimed Christian nation can definitely distort our view of Jesus, especially when we see something so different in a story like this. You know, I want to wrap up by sharing this encouragement from the book of Isaiah. Um, it's chapter 43, verse 18 and 19, but uh, I want to read it from the message. It says this, Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new, and it's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. <laughs> Jesus isn't just living in the past. 
He's building the future now, here, with us in the present. And it's new, and it's bright, and it's alive. The good news of Jesus, that he has made a way for all of us to see and to hear him. He has made a way for the poor, the oppressed, the hurt, the persecuted, the marginalized, and the rejected. <laughs> Some of you are hearing this message today, and, and, and you may have been discarded or rejected by people. Some of them even in the church. Some of them, them church people. The people who you thought you could count on the most. But I want you to know today that God sees you. And just like in this story, he doesn't waste a minute on the self-righteous jerks that discarded the poor and the rejected. He is here, just as we prayed moments ago. He is with us, and he is here, and he is taking every bad thing that's ever been done to you and turning it into something amazing. He is making rivers in the wastelands, just like that verse says. He's doing something incredible, new, and inclusive, something beautiful. And you're a part of it. We're all a part of it. And that's so exciting. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for your promises. I thank you that you are continually doing a new thing that, that, and that that new thing calls everyone in. It invites everyone, it includes everyone. You don't leave anyone behind. God, I thank you that, that we get to, to, to know you and be with you and to hear your voice and to see you. And Lord, even though there are those who, who want to use your words and want to use your, 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 your scriptures to, to create systems of control and oppression and to, to exclude others and, and include the people that they want, Lord, Lord, you see through those schemes, Lord. You see us for who you've made us to be, your beloved. Lord, we are loved, we are accepted, and we are called into this beautiful kingdom that you are making in our midst. Lord, I pray that you would help us to grab a hold of your vision today. Lord, I, help, I pray that you would help us to love those around us um, the way that you love us. God, we're so thankful. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you.